The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm Bill Zacharias, and you're listening to Eat for the Planet. On this show, we try to answer the question, how can we eat in a way that nourishes us without starving the planet? The show features conversations with food industry leaders, health and sustainability experts, as well as entrepreneurs and creative minds who are redefining the future of food. Meat and dairy are staples in nearly every single fast food chain across the U.S. From $1 burgers to chicken nuggets and milkshakes, fast food is known for being unhealthy and unsustainable. But none of that seems to matter if it tastes good and the price is low. But something is finally changing in fast food, with more consumers looking for better options while also trying to avoid meat and dairy. And Plant Power Fast Food, an all-vegan chain, is hoping to capitalize on this trend and become the new norm in fast casual dining. I recently got the chance to speak with Jeffrey Harris, co-founder of Plant Power Fast Food, to learn more about his mission to make plant-based burgers the Big Macs of the future. In this conversation, we get into why Jeffrey wanted to start a vegan fast food chain and how he found his co-founders to make it a reality. We also get into the changing landscape of fast food, and he gives his take on big chains like White Castle and Carl's Jr. offering plant-based options. Jeffrey also shares his vision for what fast food chains will look like in the next decade, factoring shifting consumer trends. For Jeffrey, building an incredibly popular vegan fast food chain is not just about the profits. It's also about giving more people access to healthier options that are better for them and the planet. To learn more about how Plant Power Fast Food plans to do just that, listen in. Jeffrey Harris from Plant Power Fast Food. Thanks for joining us on the Eat for the Planet podcast. Great to be here, my friend. Thank you so much. Plant Power Fast Food. So I tried your food for the first time uh, about a month ago. Um, I was near San Diego, uh, and I think this is our second location in Encinitas. Correct, yes. A drive-through, which used to be a Burger King. Yeah, we changed it from the Burger King to the Plant Power. And from the moment I... um, And the thing is, I've heard about this chain and i've heard about what you're doing but it seemed to have come out of nowhere and i'd like to think i i know about things before they happen in this space but it turns out things are happening at a pace that 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 is much faster than my brain can catch up with um so i had read about it obviously it seemed like it's a place i should go try and from the moment i walked in um it was just something very different from what I'd experienced before from uh, any plant-based restaurant or uh, even a fast food chain. And of course, then it comes to the food. And I wanted to kick off with that because um, I've tried a lot of plant-based restaurants and, and yes. even uh, fast food chains. Um, the the burger that I bit into, I was a little unsure did we scare you just a little bit yeah i mean i've been uh i've been eating this kind of food for a while the bacon freaked me out i actually was tempted to google to see if maybe i'd 
maybe only some of the food was plant powered and yeah. the rest of it was actually bacon. So what I'm trying to say is that it was amazing. The food was great. Uh, the experience was was really cool. The place was crowded um, and people were lining up at the drive through. So just to see that in a in a, um, all plant based restaurant and something that I knew very little about till I actually experienced it was as a first time customer was a unique and kind of fun and and, and and delicious experience for me. So firstly, congratulations on Thank you so much, Phil. That. I'm so glad that you had a chance to go, and I'm so and glad to be so here. So after I was done with that meal, I uh, started emailing people to try to find out who I knew, who knew yeah. you, and folks uh, that you've co-founded this company with, and um, and here we are. So that's the backstory to how this podcast I can't came believe about. they let you get through to me. You know, I have layers and layers and layers <laughs> of assistance, security. Oh, yeah, I had to go background kidding. check and stuff. So... Um, <laughs> So, Jeffrey, uh, let's talk about your background before we get into uh, plan power and, and the, the, the cool new plans you've got with this um, fast food chain. What's your background? Is it entrepreneurship? Is it uh, like, how did you come to this? That's a great question. Actually, interestingly, it's really not. Mm -hmm. So um, from a career point of view, uh, I've been in the professional audio business for about 30 years now. So I worked at a music store when I was younger, sold professional audio and recording equipment, live sound equipment. Uh, and then went to work for a manufacturer. Where, where I was a regional sales manager. Um, so I didn't really have much entrepreneurship in my bones, actually. And uh, about 12 or 13 years ago, I was kind of going through a period in my life where I was kind of thinking about what do I want to really contribute to the world? I'm grateful that I've had some prosperity and success, success what I'm doing. Love the people I work with. I feel very blessed. But sometimes we ask ourselves, okay, in the time I have left, what would I like to do? And I was giving it some thought and like out of nowhere, this idea came, vegan fast food, plant-based fast food. And I had tried to have my own vegetarian restaurant before I was vegan many years ago, but I just didn't really know what to do or how to do it. And this time it just came like a lightning bolt. And I thought, how could we turn millions of people onto the possibility of a plant-based or vegan diet, you know, without preaching at them or uh, trying to educate them too much, but how could I make this available to millions of people? And I just kept thinking, well, wait a minute. Uh, it's you know, McDonald's has already got the model, Jack mm -hmm. in the Box, Carl's Jr. They've all got the model. So, so I've been doing this, you know, make a living, enjoying my life. Um, uh, there's a spiritual dimension to this too that we can bring up later. This that inspired me, but I had been, you know, a vegetarian by this point for forty something years and a vegan for half that. And then I start out, started out on the journey to find the people that knew how to do the other side of it, the operational mm -hmm. side. I thought, is it possible that there's somebody out there that has the same crazy dream that I have, that has the operational expertise around fast food? And I figured it would be like uh, finding a needle in a haystack. Mm -hmm. And it literally took me years of searching before I finally did find my partners, Mitch Wallace and Zach Voga. And these guys had the operational expertise to deploy and strangely enough, each one of us in our own way had ha had, had that same vision mm. of what, what, what if somebody did like a vegan McDonald's? What would happen? Would the world be ready for that? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the beginnings of that. And um, we came together in 2015 and started developing from there. And what was your initial um, inspiration when it came to the, the concept? If you thought about this 10, 13, 15 years ago, uh, the world of dining and plant-based vegan restaurants was very different from what it is even now. Very much so. Um, so that would be a huge leap. Even now, it's one can say it's a bit of a leap to take. Um, 
But I think the market's very different right now. 10, yeah, 15 years ago. Everyone now is going, oh my God, I had that idea, man. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that. So when I started talking to people 12 or 13 years ago, you know, when I said, you know, plant-based is a one terminology, but I was saying mm-hmm. vegan fast food. People said, no way, dude, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And I said, no, man, I believe it can happen. My own motivations came from the fact that I've been vegetarian since I was 14 and vegan for the last maybe 23 or 24 years. Um, and people that come to a plant-based diet or a vegan diet come from different angles. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, so some people come from the point of view of the environment and others from the point of view of health. And in my particular case, as a kid, I came from the point of view of wanting to decrease uh, suffering for animals. Mm-hmm. And my feeling personally, my partners and I, we, we see all the angles mm-hmm. of the plant-based world, but our fundamental and primary motivation has always been um, to decrease animal suffering and to switch out as many meat-based or dairy-based meals as possible to a plant-based, mm-hmm. uh, 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 plant-based meals. And of course, over the years, those of us who have been in this world have also understood that, oh my God, this is so much better for the environment. Yep. It's so much better for our health. Um, we're consuming disease and creating disease by our food choices. And so we understand that dimension strongly as well. Yeah. And, and most of our customers, by the way, they're not vegans or vegetarians. Mm-hmm. And that was always our, our main idea. Yeah, and I'm sure you noticed a sea change in this space in the last uh, six, seven years. I've been saying five, but I think it really started six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, where, say, 13 years ago, if you want to do a plant-based restaurant, there was no, there weren't even, uh, a, a fast food restaurant, that is. Uh, there was no I, concept of a decadent uh, vegan burger even. Yeah. But now that's, you know, there's many people that are doing it. Right. There's Next um, Level Burger. There's Monty's. Yeah. And also you have brands like Beyond Meat and others that of exist course. right now who are right. supplying their burgers to to uh, Carl's Jr. and other places. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, was it in the last few years that ma- you, did you did you feel like, oh, my God, if I don't do this now, I'm probably never going to do it because... Right now, where there's this whole wave of, of new new momentum and, and excitement in this space. So how did you meet your business partners? How did That's that a great about? question. By the way, I have to say it's happened so quickly, right? Because mm-hmm. when we started talking about this in 2014, 2015, no one was really talking about it yet, as far as mm-hmm. we were aware. Um, so I, gosh, man, I was Googling. I was asking people. I'm like, does anybody know any other crazy vegan like me <laughs> that has this crazy vision of having a vegan fast food restaurant? And, um, and there's a spiritual dimension to the story, and I'll share mm-hmm. it with you. Because after years and years of doing this and kind of putting together the semblance of business plans and, and kind of doing some visioning about branding, um, I still knew that I needed that operational piece. And I just about gave up. And I stood on that back porch that you can see behind you. Sorry, listeners, you can't see that behind you. <laughs> and I kind of said to the universe, universe, God, love, whatever name we want to give that thing, uh-huh. I need help. Because I don't want to be an old man with a crazy dream. I really want this to happen. And if it is the will of the universe Mm -hmm. that this happens, show me a sign. You know, I swear to God, (laughs) this happened right back there. And three or four days later, uh, my ex-girlfriend Susan called me and she goes, call Mitch Wallace of Evolution Fast Food. He's your guy. Apparently, she had a mutual friend, Joelle, who knew Mitch. Mm -hmm. And Mitch at the time um, had and has Evolution Fast Food in Hillcrest area of San Diego which is just amazing. You know, it's the really in many ways the mothership of plant power. Uh, I always joke with Mitch, it's a little bit more crunchy and granola than <laughs> plant, plant power is now. So I met Mitch, and this was actually many years ago. I tried to work with his partner at the time, and the karma just wasn't right. Mm. And after a couple of years of working with Mitch and his partner, I had to walk away. 
even though I had this feeling deep in my heart that Mitch was the guy that I was going to change the world with, mm. his partner, not a bad guy, but I could just feel there was no karma there to make it happen. And everything was just hard. And after I left and went away bruised and having spent all my money on rebranding efforts and all sorts of crazy stuff, Mitch called me sometime later, I think maybe six or seven months later, and he said, okay, forget that guy. Let's do it with this guy, Zach. I'm like, mm -hmm. who's Zach? <laughs> and Zach was this young guy that had started working at Evolution Fast Food from the bottom all the way up to management and it really transformed that organization. Mm -hmm. Really kind of taught, you know, gotten the uh, cost of goods and the labor together and really created more organization because Mitch has a few businesses. And I met Zach and uh, we kind of interviewed each other and we're very different. He's mm -hmm. like this really cool, mellow Midwest guy mm -hmm. and you can already tell I'm this schmoozy Hollywood kind of a guy. <laughs> and, um, but it was magic. Like mm -hmm. when I met Zach and I spent time with him and Mitch, I go, okay, I can change the world with these guys. Mm -hmm. And each one of us at various times in our life came to that same idea. And look, I'm not saying that, that Plant Power is Uber <laughs> or Amazon, but in a way, Uber and Amazon understood that there was a consumer need that consumers didn't even know about yet. Yeah. And they created a solution. And in exactly the same way, what we knew, that there was a need to have a more conscious, more ethical, kinder, more sustainable answer um, in, in what I'll call the heart of darkness, and that's that fast food space. Because yeah. this is where we're tearing up our rainforests, where we're causing uh, incalculable suffering for, for millions of animals. Mm -hmm. It's hard to even discuss or, or, or talk about. And we're also feeding ourselves uh, food that's really kind of destroying us. And so yeah. what would it be like if, look, I'd rather create Jeff's Vegan Shack where you get a bowl of sprouts and brown rice and tofu. But what we really wanted to do was meet people where they were, mm -hmm. And um, the three of us, when we came together, we realized that we can create that vision. And then we signed a partnership agreement, and then we started looking for locations, and stuff doesn't get real until it gets real. Yeah. And we signed a lease, and then we had to raise money, and then the game was on. Yeah. But you've worked with people who had worked in the restaurant, the hospitality industry, um, because... I'm surprised that in those years before you met Mitch and met Zach, and this really turned into something real, no one uh, convinced you or you didn't convince yourself that uh, if you wanted to make a big impact with food, the restaurant business is probably the scariest business on earth. It's the dumbest thing to do. <laughs> It's really risky. So it's tell really me hard. why you still did it. And by the way, I do want to say that I did work at vegetarian restaurants. So my career mm -hmm. choice was veggie waiter for many years. <laughs> and back in the day, that was a limited career choice. I used to work at a place called Our Contribution, which was the first vegetarian restaurant I ever discovered. It was like, oh my God. And then of course, Follow Your Heart, which we all know about. Of I worked course. there for many years. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I've always wanted to share people um, about the possibility of leading a kinder and gentler lifestyle. And I've always wanted to share people the ethic of vegetarianism and then would evolve for me for veganism. And for me, and everyone has different ways, right? I have a lot of animal activist friends that are more uh, aggressive and have a different approach, which I respect. But I often take people out for dinner mm. or cook pe people dinner in my home or have dinner parties where people think that they're eating actual Thai food with meat, but it turns out it's all vegan. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt that um, serving people with love and serving people food is kind of a magical doorway to people's hearts. And because the problem is what we're eating, actually, not only for ourselves and the planet, but for the animals, then the solution might be changing what we're eating. 
But I don't think that we can change anyone by hitting them over the head because these are deeply personal choices. But we can open people's hearts to look at the world in a new way. And we can also open people's minds by bringing them more information. And I just felt like the fast food space would be so uh, upside down, mm. it's like so opposite reality of what we, you know, vegan fast food, yeah. you know, um, chicken tenders that aren't really chicken, <laughs> um, burgers that aren't really burgers. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I was thinking about something you said earlier. I've had people, I've been, a, I'm always there I'm at, at the, you know, the restaurants and this woman walked up to me one day and she had been there three or four times already. And she said, this is the best grass fed beef I've ever had. <laughs> so I think customers are still a little confused, right? <laughs> The vegans are very careful to make sure this is vegan, but the other folks are like, I don't know why I like this so much, but yeah. this is good. So, so, so let's jump ahead. So you go sign the lease. This is, I'm assuming, the the, the location at Ocean Beach. Correct. Which, yeah, um, which is that's correct. Near San Diego, um, and you raise money and you get this started. This is 2016. You made it sound so easy, but yes, that's correct. <laughs> well, you tell me how it was tough. We'll get to the tough part too, but. Let's just jump ahead to you planning this process, right? Yeah. Even the the menu, because obviously that's the first thing, yeah, so the I'll branding, t- the menu. T- yeah. Tell me more about your ingredients, your food, because another thing I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that I couldn't, tasting the food, I couldn't recognize some of the, I couldn't say that this was a Gardein uh, right. burger or right. a Beyond Meat burger. So do you right. all make it all from scratch? We, we yes and no. Okay. So first of all, we, you know, we started with our original IP or recipes came from Mitch's restaurant, Evolution Fast Food. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the basics, right? The, the basis that we started to work from. And then Zach, my partner, Zach Voga, is really kind of a genius. I call him our young, hip, tattooed, millennial genius. <laughs> and of course, Mitch and I are old guys. What can you do? <laughs> And and Zach really started to kind of evolve the menu from this basis that we kind of brought from Mitch's restaurant. And um, this evolved beautifully over time. At this point, it's kind of, these seem like very, very different menus because there was a lot of trial and and, uh, a lot of uh, successes and failures, but it's really evolved beautifully. So we're basically creating a lot of our own products or we're using products that are out there in the market and then... uh, creating our new and unique proprietary recipes with those products. So I can't go into great great detail, but um, we basically, whatever you get at Plant Power is not available anywhere, anywhere else. So there is no Gardein Burger or an Amy's Burger patty. We've very specifically not gone the route of the Beyond Burger, uh, excuse me, Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger, even though those are phenomenal products who have had a phenomenal success. And you know, we know Ethan from Beyond Meat. We love what those guys are doing. But we needed to create our own brand. Like Plant Power is not Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger. It's not Amy's. It's not Gardein. It is Plant Power. And I'm not saying that we don't use products from vendors out there and then modify those. But we certainly wanted to come up with a very unique um, taste signature. So that when people are at Plant Power and biting into one of our burgers, they they get it. Mm-hmm. Right? That patty has a certain... And, you know, there's the beefy patty, um, which is gluten-free and soy-free. I mean, excuse me, gluten-free and GMO-free. And then there's our black bean patty, which is really created very proprietarily out of scratch. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we want people to have a unique and different experience. We don't want it to be easily replicatable, obviously. Got it. Yeah, that's what gives it a very, I think, unique flavor. And and just, well, I guess I just want to know what that bacon is made out of. <laughs> well, you know, I could tell you, I could kill, I could tell you. I missed that joke up. Let's try that again. Edit, cut here. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> but boy, that bacon product's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It it's is. Um, you know, because we were joking earlier about how I'm more than happy with getting tempeh bacon in my burger. Yeah. 
but uh, which is why I guess I'm probably used to eating tempeh bacon, which yeah. is why when I was biting into that, it freaked me out a little bit. So in a good way and also kind of in a, I just don't know what I'm eating right now. Well, in the <laughs> early days of the vegetarian hippie world that I'm a little closer to than you, mm-hmm. you know, veggie burgers were like veggies and yeah. oats and grains and they were very hippie. And mm-hmm. I actually love that. But um, right now we're trying to appeal to people that yeah. are going to McDonald's or Carl's Jr. or Burger King and we want them to give us a shot and we want there to be a familiarity there but also something that's different and tastier as yeah. well. So um, so, it's, so I know it seems like I'm fast forwarding but the story has moved along at a pretty fast pace for you. So 2016 was, was Ocean Beach. Uh, 2017 was Encinitas, the location I went to. You now have one in Redlands. Correct. And uh, a one opening in sixty days, in a couple of months. Yeah, in I've Long been telling Beach. people in two months we're opening in Long Beach, and I've been telling people that for a year. <laughs> so you're slowly creeping up but the coast coming. and getting close to where I am now in, Absolutely. in LA. That's been our goal the whole time, man. We want to get one really close to you. <laughs> All right, so I might, if it's a 15 minute drive away from me, I'll be That's there. That's what we're aiming towards. So how? So it's a franchise model, I'm assuming. It's a combination of both. So our okay. the first three restaurants that we put into development. Um, Ocean Beach in San Diego, Encinitas, and also Long Beach, which will, which will actually be opening early in this year. Um, these are all corporately owned locations, and the Plant Power General Partnership, which is my partners and I, uh, we are the managing and majority member of those, and we also have a capital investment group in each of those restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, which are doing great, by the way. Um, and then we've also begun our franchise operation. Um, we have our first franchise restaurant in Redlands, and we'll be opening more with that group. Um, more cool surprise announcements coming up. And we're also in discussions with two or three other franchise companies as well, uh, franchise groups that want to begin to develop plant powers for us. So we'll be developing some more corporate locations, but to get up to 50, 100, 200 or more restaurants, um, to get that done, we're really going to be building a new parent company which is called the Plant Power Restaurant Group, and we'll be staffing and organizing and structuring that company to support a franchise model. So you're thinking big, obviously. We never got into this to open three or four or five Mm -hmm. or 10 restaurants. Although, listen, when we opened the first one and the first customers walked in, we were thrilled. I stood there. I, I couldn't believe that after all those years of dreaming that this was really happening. And then to watch that restaurant not only succeed, but profit to make money for its investor group, and then to see that happen again and again has been thrilling. But we want to have a, an impact on popular culture. So we believe that if you look at the U.S. fast food market, last I checked, it was over $219 billion a year. And more than a million Americans are dining out every day at one of these fast food locations. It could be something like Subway or one of the burger brands or any number of places. Um, we want to impact culture. So if you take a look at the fast food market and the way that it works for people. It's convenient. They know what they're getting. Somebody, their favorite burger might be their Big Mac, mm-hmm. right? It may be some favorite thing from Carl's Jr. or In-N-Out. You know what it's going to taste like. Um, you know you're going to get through there quick. It works for people in their lives, even though they know deep inside, maybe this isn't the best choice for a number of different reasons. So we see that. There's the fast food world. And then if we look at the natural food world, health food, natural food, plant-based, GMO-free, In the 70s, we called it health food, which was like an avocado sandwich and sprouts. And that whole thing has evolved. But we've seen that world explode over the last 25 years. I mean, the most obvious sign of that is the explosion of whole foods markets, Mm -hmm. right? And and now we have vegan chains like Veggie Grill and Native Foods and Loving Hut. 
Uh, and now you can go to your regular market and you can get like veggie bacon from Morningstar Farms or somebody. Mm-hmm. You can get some coconut milk rather than real milk. So our world has changed and transformed for a variety of reasons. It could be health, environment, animals. But consumers' needs have been completely unaddressed in the fast food space. Uh, the giants have tried adding some wraps and adding some salads. And we're really grateful right now to see Carl's Jr. and McDonald's really taking a stab at bringing a vegan burger to bear. So that's a great sign. We kind of wonder if we've influenced them a little bit, but we're probably too small. We probably haven't. So, but really, ultimately, we believe that somebody will go into this fast food space with a healthier plant-based version of traditional fast food and that that is the secret not only to have a successful and scalable business, um, but most importantly, to impact the most amount of people possible mm-hmm. and to reach people that aren't even necessarily going into health, Whole Foods. They're not necessarily going into Veggie Grill. Yeah. They're, going to, they're actually going into McDonald's and Burger King. And their friends are telling them, check this out. Mm-hmm. Just try it one time. <laughs> and we're seeing people like light up with, with the kind of knowledge that they can eat something that's really not going to kill them. Mm. And it's not so bad for the planet. And so we want to have uh, an impact on popular culture. So and we think it may take years to get there, but we yeah. want to have hundreds of these. So obviously your goal is to be national and then who knows beyond that as well, outside yeah. the borders. Uh, the galaxy of... and beyond, what is it? To infinity and beyond. <laughs> to infinity. I believe that's correct, yeah. So for most people listening to this, who I'm sure a majority do not live in the Southern California area that you can find a plant power fast food, um, so have only probably seen it on social media, heard about it, read about it. Uh I've talked about the 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 food itself and the menu, and, and the reason I brought that up is because I want to, I want to, I wanted to communicate how this is slightly different from anything else I've actually encountered before. But considering you opened up in in a part of Southern California that has many vegan restaurants, right? right? Um, how was this received by by the community? And and you said that most of the people coming there typically would not even go to a vegan restaurant, but were yeah. trying this. Um, like what feedback have you gotten from from folks in San Diego who, you know, would wouldn't wouldn't try a vegan burger if you paid them to do it, but are now yeah. going to your drive through? It's phenomenal. So I'm going to break our customers down into two groups. So there's mm-hmm. the crazy vegans like me, right? Mm-hmm. And they might drive three hours to have a plant power breakfast. Yeah. Now They'll these fly people, to San Diego. They, just to I, I swear to God, it's a true story. <laughs> I was in uh, our Ocean Beach location, and this uh, middle-aged couple, meaning they're, I guess, about my age, walked up and said, oh, are you one of the owners? I said, yeah. Uh, They go, we just wanted to tell you how much we love it. It's incredible. So I just engaged them. I go, where are you guys from? They said, we're from Missouri. I said, well, what are you guys doing in town? They go, well, we we flew into town to to go to Plant Power. And we all chuckled. And they go, no, really. We flew into San Diego to go to Plant Power. I said, come on. You're here visiting family, right? Now, these people were kind of like new vegans, like six months. They were born-again vegans, right? (laughs) And plant power to them was kind of like Mecca a little bit. There's some kind of a shine around our brand. So we're always really moved and touched by that. And that's so, I mean, that stuff makes me cry. (laughs) Um, But the really exciting thing is when people come in that have no apparent interest in veganism or Mm -hmm. vegetarianism, and they never thought that they would ever be at a plant-based restaurant, Right. And they get pulled in by friends or maybe they're, they're seeing our stuff on social media and they're curious and there's maybe a little shine around the brand and they come in. Those are the folks that we love to talk to and we love to hear from. And if you look at our reviews on Yelp or Facebook, you'll see a lot of people saying, I'm not a vegan, but mm-hmm. this was the best burger I ever had. 
And that means the world to us because this is really why we're here. And, um, you know, I jokingly say that plant power fast food is not the brand where we're going to throw red paint on your fur coat and scream meat is murder. Even though we might want to. Okay, I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> what we really want to do is love people up. Yeah. So it's a two-prong effort. We want to treat them with love. We want to serve them with love. It's got to be fun. Life's hard being a human being. I know. Right? We don't need to preach at you when you come to plant power. Chill out. Enjoy your burger and fries and shake. Mm. So we need to treat people with love and respect. And then we want to just demonstrate a different new choice. And then people will find out in their own experience whether or not this makes more sense for them. And I think that we're, our goal is to get people to ask themselves questions. And so we want to scale that, mm. right? Like today, uh, I think in 60 days, I know I've said that before, I think we're going to have four restaurants. That's not bad starting in 2016. Yeah. But by the end of 2019, there's going to be a lot more. We already have a lot in development that I can't talk about. Yeah. And we see that continuing to expand. So since it's fast food, of course, uh, a big factor if you want to be competitive in fast food besides um, being everywhere and um, having some great um, options. Like I know you have a big Zach burger. Yes. I'm assuming it's named after Zach, your co-founder. It's named after Zach, our co-founder. For all the legal people at McDonald's, we want to indicate not named after the Big Mac, <laughs> named after Zach Voga for clarification. Perfect. Send well, inquiries to our legal team at. <laughs> so, so of course you've got to have like exciting menu options, and the food has to be delicious. But, but, but the biggest problem with plant-based food uh, so far has been cost. Yes. So. Yes. I did notice this, though, while I'm sure, on a, and I did some research comparing Burger King versus um, your offerings versus other plant-based offering, um, offerings and, and the cost in similar chains, mm -hmm. uh, who are, I wouldn't say all fast food, but are generally considered in that category. And I think you, are, you definitely fall on the more affordable side of things. Yes. So, uh, obviously, that was intentional. Very you, much so. And so, tell me more about your pricing strategy and how you've manage to keep your pricing lower, maybe not McDonald's low or Burger King low? That's a, great, that's a great question. And first of all, from the point of view of the market, we do want to be fast food. Mm -hmm. um, so as I said before, while we love the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger and these other brands, we, we really can't achieve our price goals with those products. And as I mentioned, we need to have our own branding 100%. Um, we know that we can be above traditional fast food. So first of all, in traditional fast food, the stuff you see on TV, five burgers, three tacos, and two shakes for 99 cents. That's not usually the way it is when you actually get there. But yeah. there is a range that people expect. We need to be uh, not too far above there mm -hmm. for our less expensive items. And we need to be above what we call the fast casual segment. So fast food in the restaurant business is referred to as QSR, quick service restaurant. We need to be below fast casual and above traditional fast food and we have this big puzzle that we have to put together as entrepreneurs. So we have investors that have put our, their faith in us and they need to get a good return on their investment. We have employees that we love that are really the heart of Plant Power Fast Food day in and day out. We need to make sure that we could provide as close to a living wage as possible. That's very important to us. Um, uh, we have to pay rent, you know, mm -hmm. costs go up. So it's a big cosmic puzzle and we're always doing everything we can to fit into that price range. Right. So, I mean, it's, um, and as you expand to keep that scalable across different cities, and of course, this is California, real estate is not cheap over here. Yeah. Um, it'll vary depending on where you go next. But um, I just found that 
to be i i was surprised to be honest i i did order a lot of food i tried the nuggets i tried the buffalo wings i think what'd you and think those are good huh all great yeah it's perfect amazing and um and the overall the bill was pretty the, the my check was pretty low uh compared to something similar i found in other places and i did want to bring that up because um it, it was surprising i'm so used to going to vegan restaurants and paying a certain amount of money oh, yeah for sure that i just expect to pay that much yeah. and this was pleasant it was a pleasant surprise for sure um so thinking cost is one thing uh building your own brand is important of course um expanding without uh doing it you want to be fast enough but not too fast where you kind right. of kill yourself in the right. process well it's an interesting question right if mm -hmm. i may address that because we see a massive market opportunity right now. We, we see Carl's Jr. and McDonald's already responding, mm -hmm. right? We see some other people in the market that we think are offering some really nice vegan options not too far from us. So, uh, and we think that the need is huge. So I think we can go into Oklahoma and Dallas and Idaho, and I think we can go anywhere with this brand. Places where you wouldn't really think that maybe the veggie grill uh, or the native foods is not quite right yet for that. I think we can go in there with this look and feel of a brand and succeed. So obviously, uh, a lot of businesses have failed because they've moved too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. It has to do with capitalization and being able to support growth. So we have a, an awesome CFO, which we've hired, and he's from the restaurant industry, and we love him, and he's not vegan, but we needed somebody really, really smart who have who has already taken a brand from two or three restaurants to hundreds of restaurants. So we're beginning to build a team around us of people who know how to do that, not only financially, but also operationally. And look, we're learning as we go. I'm mm -hmm. not saying we're ready to get to 100 restaurants next week or next year, but our goal is to impact popular culture. Um, we're bold. Um, we're fearless, probably mm -hmm. to a fault. And the good news is if this doesn't work out, I'll be staying at your house. Uh -huh. Perfect. So I've yeah. got a place to be. And hopefully we, we can drive to the nearest uh, <laughs> Plant Power Fast Food restaurant. Exactly. It'll still be open. Exactly. Um, so, so who are your competitors? Are you trying to compete? So if you look at the – you mentioned some of the names in the plant-based um, chains sort of who, that exist right now. Uh, how would you describe yourself in comparison? Like what makes Plant Power Fast Food different from – your friends in the in the plant-based restaurant chain space. And then how does it, obviously it makes it, you're very different from a Burger King or McDonald's, yeah. but like which who, which kind of, what kind of customer are you going after? That's such a great question. And is it a McDonald's I, customer or is it a Veggie Grill customer? Uh, the truth of the matter is ultimately it's both, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's funny when I think about, uh, let's talk about our, I'm using air quotes, Mr. and Mrs. Listener. <laughs> let's talk about our competitors in the, the vegan space. So really, well done organizations. We've got uh, Veggie Grill, obviously, Native Foods, Loving Hut. Uh, Monty's is new here, mm -hmm. and they're doing a really nice job, similar to ours. By Chloe, Next Level Burger in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So these people are our friends and colleagues. Mm -hmm. These people are trying to change the world like we are. So we never want to look at them like, we're competing against these guys. Obviously, everyone out there is competing for the consumer dollar through running a business. But we really like to think of these people and wish them well and hope that they continue to expand and know that as more plant-based restaurants um, hit the market, that the very nature and fabric of the ecosystem shifts and changes. Mm -hmm. We begin to hit a critical mass that will support more plant-based restaurants. And that isn't to say that, like, I kind of see it this way. Let's say you've got a plant power 
and then you've got a veggie grill a mile from each other. So your local vegans are going to go back and forth. Of course. Right? They're not going to go to Plant Power every night, and they're not going to go to Veggie Grill every night. So th there you have it. But the general population, that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Plant Power is appealing to a customer. Well, let me rephrase. There's a lot of our customers that are very, very traditional meat and potatoes, mm. jack-in-the-box, Burger King, In-N-Out, Chick-fil-A customers coming to us. So I think of our competition, like the question is, who do I want to take money from? Mm -hmm. And I don't wish ill on any entrepreneur or business people. But what we really do want to do is take money from restaurants that are serving animals. Mm -hmm. And we want to take that money and we want it to go to a restaurant that is serving vegetables. And that's just not so that we can have a good investor return. Yeah. That's because that's the change we want to see in the world. And that person that in the future was thinking about becoming a jack-in-the-box or mcdonald's franchise we want them to think about being a plant power franchise mm -hmm. because this is the way of the future and in fact that's already beginning to happen no i totally I, i'm glad you said that and, and I'm, I'm it's not surprising because i think that is the gap in the market right now for example i i and i'm sure you envision this as well is that plant power fast food should be on like interstate highways in parts of the country. Yes. And I'm saying that because I recently drove across the country yes. when I moved to LA and I would have to find cities that had food that I could eat, but nearly every uh, a few miles you would find a, a gas station and yeah. a cluster of fast food restaurants. Absolutely, man. We want to be there so bad. We have that same vision. And you just, if you can convince some of those franchisees to the, to say, hey, this seems like uh, it'll be the different option. But, you know, once people have tried it and they love it, uh, that's that's the, a gap that no one's fulfilling right now. We see that happening. And it's so funny because... Um, that's the funny thing. How many vegans come to our restaurant? Well, all the local vegans come to our restaurant. But like I say, 85 or 90% of our customers are not vegans and vegetarians. They don't want to die of heart disease. Mm -hmm. They don't want to get diabetes. They don't like hearing about the rainforest disappearing. Maybe some of them in the back of their mind are going, mm, those baby cows are kind of cute. Maybe there's a different <laughs> way. And I think that if you have one of those freeway off-ramps on the middle of the five yeah. on the way to San Francisco yeah. or something... And you've got those options and you've got plant power there. I think a lot of people are going to stop and, and look at plant power, which leads me to another topic. I'll just drop in mm -hmm. quickly. Um, people that have been watching this food space and the restaurant space for many years, um, they see their vegan revolution, right? They see a shift in consciousness. But when we're talking about consumers and dollars being spent, what restaurant consultancies are really looking at is what they call the flexitarians. Mm -hmm. And the flexitarians are the people that are eating healthier more often. They're eating more plant-based more often. They're not putting a big uh, V on their T-shirt and saying, I'm vegan. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, they might be embarrassed to even identify as vegan. That might be what they're about. They're choosing different options now. And they're called flexitarians in the U.S., uh, a lot of restaurant consultancies believe that that higher is that number is as high as twenty five percent or more. Some people believe it might be close to forty percent yeah. in certain parts of the country. And so that crazy dream of a plant power on the five freeway near an arco station is exactly what we have in mind. Yeah, we don't know when we'll get there, but sooner or later we'll get there. Yeah, and of course you've got to take these baby steps to lead up to that point. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, you kind of touched on what's happening in in the in the plant-based food space and the fact that the, all this momentum is building, you have these these big fast food chains now offering Beyond Burgers and Impossible Burger. 
Um, so the time couldn't be better to be doing this. So I think you've got, you've got, you can ride this wave and and really make this happen if you play your cards right. And that comes back to the question of of being an entrepreneur, right? At the end of the mm. day, uh, I'm sure many people have had the same idea. Uh, you've already taken a few steps, and so you're ahead of others who were just sitting and dreaming about this on their couches or... Um, As grab- I did. <laughs> oh, in their backyards. Yeah. Uh, so you've taken those first few steps, and now it's a question of... Um, all right, looking back, since the years you've started, since 2016, it's only been... It'll be about two, three years now. Um, what has been like the most surprising things you've learned about this experience? Because you said you didn't come from wow. the restaurant space... Um, you know, good or bad, what 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 are your some big takeaways that you're going to keep in mind as you and and your co-founders start to expand and and realize that's a, this that's bigger a, vision? Such a great question, Neil. Thank you so much. Well, the first thing is, you know, if you think about movies, right? We've all seen movies that we loved. Uh, somebody had a vision at some point for this story or this movie, but really, the amount of people that it takes to create that—that's a lot of people. You know, at the top, you've got directors, cinematographers, writers, actors, producers. There's a lot that goes into making a movie. And my experience has been that the same has been true, certainly for Plant Power. And I suspect it's true for a lot of businesses. So when we started, when I started, it was me with the dream and I was going to change the world. And I probably had a little bit too much ego on it. I'm going to change the world, man. <laughs> I launched the first vegan fast food chain. Um, and that was cool, but I needed help. And when I found my partners, uh, Mitch Wallace and Zach Voga, who are just beautiful, ethical, inspiring brilliant beings i realized okay the i had become we and also that's a i'm just going to pause i don't mean to interrupt Please. you can continue but i think that's an important point is that you recognize you may have had the dream but and maybe now you do have the skills but at that point you didn't have the skills and the experience to pull this off yes that's correct. that takes some um humility humility it, and self-reflection and uh, it really does and also um you know, if I did it myself, I could take credit for all of it all by myself, but I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my partners and I all have um, overlapping skill sets. So we all have areas of great strength and areas where our skill sets overlap. But we really, truly did all need each other for this. So the we kept getting bigger. So when I found my partners and we really realized, we felt it in our hearts. It wasn't just about, you know, signing a partnership agreement. We looked at each other in the eyeballs and had respect and love for each other and believe that we can go out there together. And everybody who's had a partnership knows like a marriage or a relationship, there will be challenges, but you have to believe in each other enough, and love each other enough to always work through those things. But then we had to find some investors. Oh my God, we've signed a lease. Now what do we do? Now that we just got bigger and we had to pitch people on our dream. And some people were very generous, kind people had a lot of resources and took a risk. Other people in those early days of the LLCs didn't have a lot, but they believed in us. Mm-hmm. And every time I talked to an investor, I said, good and bad news. Good news, you may make money. Bad news, you may lose your money. <laughs> Not a surprise. But the we grew again. Mm-hmm. And then we hired our first crew at Ocean Beach, right? We hired these amazing young people. And I'll never forget sitting down and kind of giving my State of the Union plant power pep speech a couple of days before we opened and there was like, I don't know, 15 or 20 of these young people around some tables in Ocean Beach. Mm-hmm. And I had to rehearse this speech in my mind for years. And I sat down in front of them and realized, of course, I gave them my speech, but I didn't need to. They were already there. Long before they had heard of plant power, we had attracted people that wanted to change the world. Maybe they were vegans or vegetarians or believed in something sustainable. 
So now we hired our first round of employees and then we got bigger. Mm -hmm. So all I'm saying is one of the big lessons for me is create an opportunity for everybody on the team. And I'm quite literally meaning this from your dishwasher to your CFO to feel that they're part of it, that they own this, that they, this is something that they believe in and that they want to create and they want to succeed. Uh, create a brand that is kind and ethical so that people are proud to be affiliated with it. And that's the biggest first lesson I got. And then the second one that I got is, you know, I used to hear all these new age guys like, you know, um, Deepak Chopra and Wayne uh, Dyer mm -hmm. talking about follow your bliss, right? There is some great cosmic power that happens when you're doing something that you really believe in. There's nothing wrong with doing a job to make money to pay your rent or mortgage and put food on the table. We've all done that, right? That's great. Um, you, you can do anything with love in your heart. You could do anything with kindness and fairness. But when you do find your calling, right, and you decide, I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to jump out of this plane and hope that that parachute opens, mm -hmm. there's something that crystallizes in the world around you and in the people around you. And I use the word universe because there's no word for that. Mm -hmm. Things start to crystallize and support you. And by the way, it doesn't mean that you'll succeed but it means that you're learning how to be in alignment with what is true for you. Mm -hmm. And I think the secret ingredient with every entrepreneur, other than hard work and perseverance, because you really do got to get up early and stay up late. Yeah. You got to give it your all. You have to find that alignment with the inner power and then treat everyone around you with great love and respect and let the wind fill your sails. You mm -hmm. got to pull your sails up and you got to steer the boat. But you want, to, you want to pull those sails up and let the wind fill your sails. You don't have to paddle across the ocean. Mm. You just have to kind of understand what it is that you're doing and let everybody support you. I, I love that you have this um, pretty bold and, and kind of uh, audacious goal uh, with, <laughs> you, with the business. But, but that's not so surprising because a lot of uh, entrepreneurs all want to be the next Uber and the next Amazon. That's right. But what I like better is that you seem to be very focused on the process to getting there versus, or not even getting there. It's, you know what your goal is, uh, your, your, your true north is, and you know that vision of seeing a plant power fast food on um, I-5 leading up to San Francisco, which <laughs> yeah. would be great, especially two months ago when I was driving north. And Dude, I'm so sorry I, we didn't I couldn't get that find done someone, I couldn't find a place there to eat. We're on it for you, man. We're working And on I it. saw one restaurant with a vegan sign on it, and we were like, we have to stop there just to support them. Nice. Uh, but anyway, side note. Uh, getting back to the process, right? At the end of the day, um, that is a new way of thinking about business the old way of thinking about business is is i think frankly is dead i agree i was dying i agree um and the companies and the entrepreneurs and the brands that are being are going to be the giants of the future are going to be built on um and, and you know it may sound a little um spiritual and woo woo but the idea of synergy and uh and i know this is words that have been used in the business space as well I've worked in corporate America for years. I understand everyone says synergy, but no one knows what they what they mean by that. Yeah, you're right. But a simple example is the idea of a partnership. A partnership is, um, you know, a partnership's about both people getting exactly what they want. Yes. But that's not how the old way of thinking about a partnership. A partnership and a negotiating on the nego and, and negotiation leading up to a partnership is usually each party is trying to squeeze the most out of the other one. Yes. Um, and that I found, and you know. But people don't know better. You think that it's an old, to be an entrepreneur an and a businessman. Old paradigm, man. Yeah, yeah, and I found that yeah. it. I find those partnerships don't 
uh, last long and yeah. they lead nowhere and it gives neither party too much happiness in the end. And I think that we, we don't understand that if we help other people win, mm -hmm. if you're dealing with good people, they're going to recognize that and it works. You know, I do this fun thing in my life sometimes as a quick aside. Um, I like to negotiate up sometimes. Like this is a true story. <laughs> I was getting my car smogged about two years ago and the guy was starting to work on it. And I said, uh, well, how much is it? I said, uh, 69. You know, he didn't speak English very well. $69. I said, well, okay, could you do it for 89? He goes, okay, 59. He didn't even hear me. And I figured just for the thrill of doing something different, let's pay $20 more. It's fun. I do that a lot, right? Yeah. And my point is uh, everyone has to win. And look, our vendors, they want to raise prices because they have employees that they're yeah. taking care of. And we need to keep the money down so we can feed our employees. And there's, it's all this big cosmic puzzle. But if... We're not doing it to make the world a better place if it's not for everybody to win. Mm -hmm. Why bother? And by the way, aren't we all exhausted of, I mean, you know, I watch TV, I see advertising, it's great. The yeah. ads are all amazing. Uh, they make me cry. But most often, uh, many of these companies mm -hmm. really aren't here to make the world a better place at all. They're here only considering shareholder return. And while we love our investors and we want them to do well, they are one of our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And the other stakeholders are our customers, um, our employees. Watch this one. The planet. Mm -hmm. The animals. And I'm serious. And I have to share with you when I do my pitch for investors. And I'm talking to everywhere from kind of plant-based, vegan, ethical investors to hardcore capitalists that want to jump on the vegan bandwagon. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them at the end why we're doing this. And I go, look. I like your vibe. I know you're just looking to get a good return on your investment. When I'm done with what I'm about to say, you probably aren't going to want to invest with this, but this is who we are. Mm -hmm. And we tell them three reasons for being. Reduce animal suffering, save the environment, and give people a soft, loving, non-judgmental, loving spot, yeah. loving spot to try plant-based foods. And then if that's too woo-woo for the investors, I'm fine with that. We'll let them go. But we're not going to shrink back about what we believe. And surprisingly, mm -hmm. even the kind of hard capital money guys, they, they kind of perk up and they go, these guys might be for real. Yeah. And, and that's shifting the, the conversation as well. I never expected that to happen. I was expected to be too spiritual mm -hmm. and scare people away. But I am finding people going, no, wait a minute. These guys might be authentic. Maybe we should take a look at this. Yeah, I mean, it's also you standing up for yourself because especially when, at the end of the day, for you to be successful doing this, you're going to have to raise a lot of capital. Yes. Right, and and you probably already have, but you're probably going to have to raise more if you really want to see this through to where your ultimate vision of it is. And um, the the risk there is when you're in a, in a, in a race to raise more money to keep up with your growth plans and to to help to answer and keep up with your projections, it's tempting to um, forget about why you're doing this in the yes, first place. Yes, that's true. So, um, and it's it's going to be an interesting case study in the long run. I think so too. Right? How do you stick up to what on you know, stand up for what you believe in? And you know, this is who you are as a person. You're not going to suddenly become some. Um, I don't know, restaurant mogul overnight and start talking like one when you are who you are. Yeah, and, and you my got partners in, are, and are the same. They're very, very, they're lovely. And you, they all, and you all bring in your unique, authentic perspective to it. And, and I think that's the challenge we're going to see going forward um, because now we've, we've learned what we've done with the old way of thinking, right? Yeah. The old way of thinking was the, the one stakeholder. You think about your shareholders and you think about return on investment. You think about your investors. Um, and look at where it's brought us. 
It's yes. brought us to a place where we are, um, uh, are facing a public health crisis, an environmental crisis, and and no one, including giant meat companies, want to torture and slaughter billions of animals in a year. You're right. They did it because it, it just was, it so happened their product was an animal. Yes. And this was the most efficient, scalable way to produce animals yes. and turn them to meat because that's what people wanted at the end of the day. That's right. So now that we know that, what is this new paradigm we're building? And how do we... Yes. Uh, and, and so the fact that you're speaking uh, about it in the context of this new paradigm from the get-go um, says that, yeah, if, if there's going to be a future uh, giant fast food company that's all plant-based, mm -hmm. it has to come from a place like that because... Uh, the old paradigm is not going to turn. Like, you know, McDonald's will eventually have a vegan burger oh, everywhere. Yeah. And also, it's going to happen. And also, I believe that, um, you know, I don't know. Suddenly, like, everybody's got vegan burgers, and we're glad for it, right? <laughs> We've always wanted to do that. We kind of wish they waited a few years until we get to 100 <laughs> restaurants. But there is, you know, I'm going to use as an example our first franchisees. We don't usually talk about them in interviews, but this is a a forum where we talk about business. So I think it's really worth talking about. We were approached by Aman and Gagan Bata, these two brothers from India. Um, they have a company called Bata Foods. Mm -hmm. And they were young guys working at Subway, working their way up, became managers at Subway, and ultimately started to buy their own franchise restaurants. And they became very successful. And then they used, they actually uh, actually uh, franchised uh, another brand as well that's well-known out there that's actually more plant-based. And they're growing their business and they're growing their company and they're, they're very thrilled and they're getting married and having kids and uh, really beautiful people. But they realized at some point that they had built the foundation of their business upon selling meat and dairy products. And they somehow realized in their hearts of hearts, that's not how they wanted to continue to expand. And so they reached out to all the usual suspects in the plant-based world. You know, some people called them back. Some people didn't. Like, who are these guys? Long story short, uh, they contacted us. And we just fell in love with these guys and they fell in love with us and they've sold most of their Subway restaurants now. They've taken that money and they're investing in plant power and they're building plant power restaurants. So they made a personal ethical choice in their life to live in more alignment with what their heart was telling them. Mm -hmm. And that to me is so beautiful. And because of that, because they shifted that and they made that connection, um, they're actually part of our family, right? They're part of our company. They're part of our tribe. Uh, whether or not they went with plant power or another plant-based brand, the lesson is still the same. Yeah. And they took their money and their energy out of a paradigm that wasn't really truly serving the planet and the people, and they reinvested their energies in something that they felt was better. And to me, that's so brave. Yeah. I mean, that's really brave. If I had a bunch of Subway restaurants making a bunch of money, <laughs> it would take a lot of guts to turn those checks off and go yeah. try to work with these crazy plant power people. Yeah. So anyway, I appreciate what you're saying about it, and I couldn't agree more. The world is ready for a new paradigm. I, you know, it's, it's a lot of small steps. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I used to have this girlfriend that used to take me hiking on these really steep trails. And once we got up to the top of this, you know, Santa Monica mountains, I thought we're done. She goes, no, there's this one more hill that she would always make us go up. And that one more hill was the steepest hill. And I remember when I would climb that hill, there was no way I can go anywhere if I'm looking at how far the top was. Mm -hmm. Couldn't happen. And I realized I needed to take a breath and take a step, and take the next step, and take the next breath. And I couldn't be concerned about whether or not I made it or when, but my focus was on the next step and the next breath. And then it's miraculously, 15 or 20 minutes later, we'd be at the top, and I'd feel like a tough guy. Mm -hmm. 
And I think with what Zach and Mitch and I are doing, it's very similar. We know that the world is ready for someone like Plant Power to get into that space. We think that it might be us. It might be someone else. We want everybody to succeed. But we know that we have to take each step very carefully, consciously, lovingly, and take that next step. We can't really look at the top of the mountain right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we hold that vision in our consciousness, but we know that we need to take the next step. So speaking of next steps, um, I'm sure people are still listening to this uh, and they haven't tried your food. They're probably thinking, um, all right, when is Plant Power Fast Food going to open up near wherever I am in this country or maybe across the world? We know we have listeners globally. Um, we don't want to look too far ahead because, you know, you we're talking about climbing the mountain one step at a time and you should know that you want to get to the top, but you've got to enjoy the journey and take it slow. So let's get a sort of short-term next steps that you can talk about that people can look forward to. Of course, there's the next location in Long Beach that uh, is going to be open very soon. Where do you see uh, Planned Power Fast Food, say, just 12 months down the line? Say a year from now, um, what can people expect? That's a great question. And it could be what people can expect. It can be what you are hoping to achieve because you did talk about establishing the restaurant group. So there's two things happening at the same time. Number one is... Um, right now, we're in the middle of transitioning from three guys and their team building restaurants to three guys who are building a company that can build restaurants. So this is a huge transition for us. Uh, the company is going to be called the Plant Power Restaurant Group, and it, it is actually called that. It's been formed, and we're right now launching our Series A's, A raise. So there's two things happening at the same time. We're building a new structure so that we can grow more quickly and have uh, an expanded team and have a structure to support growth. Um, we've already got our commissary in Escondido. So we're already creating food products, which are shipping to our corporate and franchise locations right now, which makes it easier to open new corporate and franchise locations. Oh. So in the past, each location had to build every burger and make all the secret sauces all by itself. Now we've centralized that. So in the next year, it's not difficult for us to expand a lot in Southern California between San Diego and Los Angeles. That's very easy to do. We have the distribution channel. We have the infrastructure. We have a regional manager to work with us on this. And we are, in fact, now searching for locations, um, some of which will be franchise, one or two of which may be corporate. But we see a period of uh, growth and expansion in 2019 in Southern California. Now, we're also speaking to people in other states um, I can't tell you that we're speaking to people in other countries because then I'd have to kill you and all your listeners. That would be messy. But but in fact, we are getting inquiries from all over the country and all over the world. And now the key is to grow our organizational structure quickly enough to be able to harvest the opportunities and to expand the brand. Perfect. Well, I think there's a lot there and I think it's a lot to be excited about. Um, so I want to close out with a question I close out every podcast with. Um and it's it's a very forward-looking question. It's And it's not just about plant power, fast food, but it's about how the work that you're doing is part of, um, and you mentioned this earlier, it's part of the, the great shift that's happening right now in the food industry on various fronts, from the CPG space to the food service space to um, activists and nonprofits out there that are doing interesting, amazing things to change food habits when it comes to what people put on their plates at home to what they go out and buy at the grocery store or when they choose to stop by a fast food or any restaurant chain to get something to eat. Um, And the question really is that if you look forward um, to the year 2050, so that's 31 years now down the line. I was going to say 32, but it's 2019 now. 
Um, 31 years down the line, if the work that you're doing succeeds, if plant power fast food becomes this giant that you're imagining it to be, if all these other companies continue to grow and you have this diversity of uh, food options everywhere from, from food deserts and parts of the country where you can't even, it's cheaper to buy a, a Big Mac than it is to buy a head of lettuce. Yeah. Um, and we bring about this change um, and we bring about this change in the food system. What kind of food system do you envision in 2050? What's your perfect utopian vision of um, the world and food? If you get Wow, right? that's a really huge, gigantic question. That's really great. Uh, I'm contemplating it as, as you yeah, ask. Yeah, right? take your time with it. I want to try to sound really intelligent and thoughtful. There's two things for me. Number one. Number one is, because first and Foremost, for myself, um, the animal agriculture model creates suffering that is so immeasurable that sometimes it's even hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. And um, I would like to see us as a human society begin to look back uh, at this time when we ate animals in a way that the way we like look back now and go, oh my God, we own slaves? Or what? Women couldn't vote? Um, we look back now and we look at our behavior even 30 or 50. When I was a kid, actually, African-Americans couldn't vote in the United States functionally. I was born in 1960, right? So it wasn't until the mid and late 60s that a lot of African-Americans can vote. People think I'm joking when I say that. So what I'm saying is we're living in a time right now where we're creating a lot of suffering. And um, I'm getting kind of spiritual here, man. I'm sorry. No, it's important. First and foremost thing that every one of us should do while we're alive is to decrease suffering in the world and bring more love and more joy. So I would like to see a food model where we've left as much of the animal agriculture model as possible. And I hope that companies like ours and other similar companies are part of revolutionizing not only the distribution channel of food, moving from meat and dairy to plants, but most importantly, uh, changing people's consciousness around it. And I hope that in 2050, we look at this in a very new way. Secondly, I hope that we have a, a society and a structure that makes it very easy for everyone to have their basic needs met with regard to food, shelter, and medical. And I know this is a huge deal, but um, ultimately, um, we have to create success for everybody. So, you know, I want there to be great, delicious, and expensive, wonderful vegan food for everyone. And even if people can't afford that, I hope that there's a way where our society can make sure that everybody has all of their needs met in the food channel and in every other way. Yeah. And the way to get there is to is to do what, what we are trying to do right now with getting people to change their food habits, whether it's through serving them uh, bacon that is scarily like bacon <laughs> but not bacon and made from plants, or it is getting people to understand the devastation that animal agriculture at, at at the scale at which it operates right now is 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 doing bringing about to the planet and to animals, um, and getting people to see their food for what it is. But I think what you're saying is 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 amazing. Is that if we could get to that endpoint with most people not even realizing that they're making a conscious shift. Yes. Uh, and the default choice just happens to be the better one. Um, it's going to be a long road to get there, but it's it's these baby steps, and hopefully. People will wake up to to once once we we reach that threshold and you reach that tipping point. I yes. think 
Um, yes. People are just going to, I know it, again, it sounds like people will wake up in their consciousness, but I think that's what's happening right now. I think so as well. And I, and I have to tell you the thing, it's, it's amazing. So you know, when I find somebody that's be, be gone vegan or gone plant-based, um, very often I'm talking to somebody whose life has transformed. Not necessarily because they're getting less cholesterol in their body, but I am talking to somebody who, whose veil has been lifted, mm-hmm. and they have seen kind of beyond not only the lies that the society has fed them, but even the own, their own conditioning and their own presuppositions about whose life has value and whose life doesn't have value. And I think one of the most transformational things that people can do is to kind of wake up to... Remember early in the talk, I, I talked about the growth from yeah. me to the we, we yeah. and then the we got bigger. So I think the we needs to get bigger. And of course, as people who are promoting a plant-based or vegan world, we have to be careful not to um, cut anyone out of our hearts, right? People who see the world in completely different ways than we do. We want to embrace them and love them and just demonstrate uh, a healthy and kind lifestyle. And uh, that's what the Plant Power brand is really all about. By the way, while we're here, I know it's your show, but I want to applaud you on what you're doing. I'm so excited for your book. Eat for the planet, and I'm Thank so you. excited about how many people you've touched with what you're doing. Yeah, and you know, food is, is food is not everything. But the reason I focus a lot on food is because um, food is the one thing everyone <laughs> knows. We about. do it. We yeah. do it. We yeah, eat we do it that. Three, three or more times a day. Yeah. So, um, and as as kind of uh, basic as food may be compared to some of the so-called, and now air quotes, bigger problems in the world right yeah, now yeah. Um, that is dividing people across the country and across the world. Um, at the end of the day, just seeing your food and being conscious about your food is not going to fix everything, but I think it's a great gateway to then seeing, wait, what else in our lives are we conditioned to? Yes. And, and what else do we not see that we have just a wrong perspective over? And Beautiful. if you just shift your perspective a little bit and put yourself... Um, you start thinking like that we and and put yourself in the shoes of someone else. Yes. Um, and you know what? We do that when it comes to food. You have yeah. to think about, because I ate meat at one point in my life. Me too. And you did many yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, I had the actual Big Mac. <laughs> and when it was big, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, now I'm going to, now I'm disparaging McDonald's. <laughs> uh, but to put yourself in someone else's shoes and then be able to relate to them or present facts and food and, and ideas in a way that they can connect to, that lesson can then carry over in a much bigger way in society. And I know we're not going to solve all the problems in the world, but I think if you can attempt to solve our problem with food, it can lead us to much greater things. So I think I'm on the same page as you are with Beautifully that. said. I think that the key to everything is our intention, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I sometimes joke that uh, we're going to save the world one veggie burger at a, at a time. Well, the truth is we're not going to save the world one veggie burger yeah. at a time. There's a lot going on in this world. But if you really look behind the scenes at everything, mm-hmm. it's the wrong intentions and the wrong paradigms that we're operating under. Yeah. It's us against them, right? Uh, East against West, uh, Muslims against Christians or Jews. We have all these false paradigms of division. Yeah. And, if you, and if you look behind every major problem that we face, if we can heal that misperception, mm-hmm. a lot of solutions are easier than we think. Yeah, and that's why the flexitarian trend, to go back to that, yeah. is so amazing. And I hate to even call it flexitarian because I think the problem, that part of the problem with all of with the food debates, because sometimes it gets more controversial talking about food right. than politics, sure. uh, is that we put labels on everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you can just sneak in 
uh, sneak in or convince yeah. people that, well, I want to eat that yeah. veggie burger once a week because it's just oh, a couple of times a week because it is just delicious. Um, and don't have to put any label on it. And yes. it's fine. And I think don't, that's pe- how people don't want to be roped in into something. You know, no, it's like, I mean, and then, yeah. yeah, who knows? Six months later, you'll get that vegan tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, we do have an employee uh, with a really cool plant power tattoo. Really? She's got the, the little relief icon right there. Yeah. You see, that's how you're going to build your brand and stand out. Shout out to now. Tori if you're listening. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, Jeffrey, this has been a ton of fun. And I, um, it's been interesting to, to get to know you and to understand more about your backstory. I know it's still very early days of Plant Power Fast Food, but um, uh, I think you have the right idea, the right vision. And hopefully you'll get the right investors and partners to join on board in creating this bigger we uh, that's going to um, going to help bring about the change that we need in our food system. So thank you. Neil, I cannot thank you enough. What a joy it's been to spend some time with you today. Thank you, my friend. You've been listening to Eat for the Planet with Neil Zacharias. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to show your support, please subscribe to the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about how Eat for the Planet can help your brand or organization develop the right strategy, implement scalable operations, and grow responsibly, visit EFTP.co. That's EFTP.co. Let's rise up to the challenge of transforming our food system. Thank you for listening. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.